What a strange time we find ourselves in. I want to let you know there is no right way to do this. It's both pain and stillness, uneasiness and peace. It's not one or the other. We're being called to be both. The helpers and the helped, the healers and the healed, to be the movers and the moved. The art of pressing in must be a double blessing. It's laying on the ground and staring at the ceiling when it all gets too overwhelming. Taking refuge in doorways and stealing back moments when we can, turning off the TV for a bit. Leaning your head against the chest of God, but it's also about learning your neighbours' names and how to love them properly. It's about seizing all opportunities to be kind. It's about listening and not interjecting even when we want to. We don't have a prescriptive roadmap for these times, but we do have things to help us get by. So, if you're heading to the shops, can I recommend you grab these as well? Stockpile hope, bulk buy, kindness, grow grace, DIY, empathy, fashion together your courage and collate your spirit. Place your patience next to the emergency flower on your shelves, store goodness in the fridge so it doesn't go sour. Knit gentleness into every single interaction you can and above all else, put on love before your frontline armour or your business shirt and sweatpants. This is how we will survive. This is how we will thrive. Press into prayer, press into community, press into your calling, press into truth, press into adversity, press into worship. The unknown is like a dense fog we must lean into. So lift up your shoulder and step forward. Press into God. He is already pressing into you. Good morning, church. Thanks for being with us this morning. Today, I'm really excited because we are going to start our new sermon series called Pressing In. And so we're going to be looking into pressing into prayer, pressing into community, the word, your calling, worship and praise and how to press in past adversity. Now, as we start to make our way through the different topics over the next couple of weeks, I wanted to first introduce this series and why we've chosen it. Now, if you watched my last sermon a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned how my parents were nurses. And so naturally, I've always found medical things just fascinating. And I was once watching a documentary about premature babies, and they were talking about something called kangaroo care. And it's basically just holding the baby up um, to your bare chest so that they have skin-to-skin -skin contact. And studies have found that skin-to-skin -skin holding actually stabilizes the baby's heart rate, it improves oxygen saturation rates, better regulates an infant's body temperature, and conserves a baby's calories. And this method was first discovered in the 70s in Colombia when there was found to be a really high death rate of preterm babies. And researchers found that the babies that were held with skin-to-skin -skin contact for long periods of time during the day, they not only survived, but they thrived. And I was thinking about this and just how incredible it is that in this case, pressing in literally saved lives. 
And I think it's really similar to the way that we press into God. When we're pressing in, we find that we're given more peace. We gain perspective, guidance, companionship. And most of all, we are given the gift of hope. When I was a kid, if I had a bad nightmare or I was just freaking out, my mum would put me back to bed and then she would tell me, close your eyes and just imagine you're on a boat and you're in the middle of a storm and there's waves crashing all around you. Now go downstairs in the boat and look, there's Jesus and he's sleeping. And she would tell me, go over to him and just put your head on his chest. Listen to his heart beating. Take a big, deep breath. And every time I just fall straight to sleep. And, you know, it reminds me about how as believers, we have this hope that the book of Hebrews describes as an anchor for our souls. And you've probably seen some sort of artwork or you've probably heard it in a song before. But for some reason, they never use the whole verse. And they leave out the gold at the end. The second half of that verse in Hebrews 6 verse 19 says, it leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. It's not just saying that we have this hope that we can hold on to. It's also saying that it's this hope that brings us closer to God, brings us into his inner sanctuary. And it's through this steadfast hope that we are able to actually truly press into God and find the peace that he promises. So throughout this series, we're going to be looking into the New Testament and particularly the early church. So I wanted to give you a bit of a background to that story and some context to that. So when Jesus went to heaven, he told the disciples that they needed to wait until they were given a gift that would help them spread the good news. And so days passed and then the time came for the festival of the Pentecost. And this festival happened in Jerusalem. And so all of the Jews from all around the world came for this festival and they all made the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And so the festival of the Pentecost was 50 days after the Passover. And so the disciples during this festival, they were all gathered in this one room. And then all of a sudden there was this loud noise and they felt this strong wind. And then in that moment, they were given the Holy Spirit and they begin to speak in tongues, which was all of these different languages that they didn't otherwise know how to speak. Now, all of the people that had come from all over for this festival, they heard a loud noise as well. And so they came running. And so all of these people were gathered outside and then Peter steps forward and he starts preaching to them. He starts telling them the good news about Jesus and to everyone's amazement, everyone can understand them in their own language. The Bible says 3000 Jews convert to Christianity that day and are baptized. This is how the early church begins. Now, in those days, Christianity was seen as a religious sect and the Roman government and also the Pharisees started to get really nervous because the beliefs and the behavior of this group were unpredictable. These Christians weren't following the strict rules that the Jews had been following forever. And so they were made up of cultures and people from all different nations, just like 
I mentioned before, they'd come from all around the world and now they were all spending time together, sharing meals together and they were building up new traditions. And so the Romans and the Pharisees decided that this was threatening their way of life. And so from right from the beginning, the early Christians faced persecution, so much so that they were actually forced to flee Jerusalem and go to the surrounding lands of Judea and Samaria. And yes, Samaria is where the story of the Good Samaritan is from. So you can just imagine that they were pretty shocked when all of these ex-Jews showed up and started preaching about Jesus. But right from the beginning, the early church was facing hardship. And most of the disciples at some point were put in prison. James and Stephen were killed. And it would have felt like everything they did just put them in more trouble and risked their lives. So why did they keep going? Why would they risk so much and face so much persecution? It's because they had hope. They knew that Jesus had already won. Just like Paul says in Romans 5 verse 3, it says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. In the story of the woman that is in the crowd and she has the issue of blood, she knew that if she reached out and touched the cloak of Jesus, she would be healed. It was because she had a confident hope, just like Paul talks about in Romans. And then in Luke 8 verse 48, Jesus says to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You see, when we press into God, he presses right back into us. It's not a one-sided relationship. There's been times in my life where I've hoped for something and it didn't work out quite how I wanted it to. And many times, in fact. <laughs> and sometimes it can be the worst feeling. In fact, in Proverbs 13 verse 12, it actually says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is like a tree of life. And Jesus promises us that hope. This hope in God will not be deferred. It will not bring us shame. Just like it said in Romans, this hope will not lead us to disappointment, but we will see that this hope brings us closer to God. It's what opens up the floodgates for his love to fill our hearts. But what does that mean for us at the moment? Sometimes it can be hard to have hope through hard times like we've been facing. But I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon. He said, hope itself is, is like a star, not to be seen in the sunshine of prosperity and only to be discovered in the night of adversity. I believe that it's times like these that God uses to remind us of the hope that he has given us. Just like in John 16 verse 33, he said, here on earth you, may, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. 
This isn't how it ends. And we know that. That's why we can hold on to hope and press into Him. But here's the hard part. We actually have to be vulnerable enough to acknowledge that we need a Saviour. That's where it starts. When we admit that we can't do this on our own, that's when we can truly press in and embrace the hope that God gives us. Now, I'll be honest with you, this week has been really hard for me. I've been living on my own and until today, I haven't actually seen an, another human being in real life for like a week since we were here filming last week. And I know some of you are in a similar situation and some of you aren't on your own. Some of you have a family to support and feed and teach and keep occupied and that's just as hard. So when I sat down to write this sermon and share with you about hope, I didn't know where to start. And it was in that moment that I realized that I needed to press into God and press in even harder. And I asked some friends to pray for me and I really felt like God was pressing right back into me. But what I'm saying is that it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling. Whenever you're having a hard time, whenever you're um, feeling like you're alone, whether this time is making you feel like you've finally got a chance to slow down and take a breath and get on top of things, let yourself feel all of those things. But through that, I wanna challenge you to let God in to all of those feelings. Press into what He's saying to you. Press into what He's teaching you about who you are. And as we go through this series, may we learn to be vulnerable with ourselves, with each other, and most importantly, with God. Let's pray. Dear God, I just wanna thank you so much that throughout everything that is going on in our lives, you are always there. And so God, I pray that as we go through this series that we will learn how to press into you. And God, I thank you so much that when we do press into you, you press right in back. And so God, I thank you so much for the hope that you have given us. I pray that we will hold on to that and that it will be an anchor for our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm really looking forward to exploring the next few weeks. Um, next week, we'll be doing a special Anzac Day program, but the week after that, we'll be starting with pressing into God through prayer. So be, be sure to join us for that. And as we continue to be the church, wherever we are, may we love God, love others, love ourselves, and always be kind.